Hi, this is Lorraine Newman, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, along with our guest, Emmy Award winner Ron Bacon. Ron's been 35 years in network television, working behind the scenes in many capacities, from stage manager to associate director to director to writer and producer on more than 12,500 different TV broadcasts, covering more than 130 different TV shows, including such variety series as The Lawrence Welk Show, The Frank Sinatra Show, The Ernie Kovac Specials, The Smothers Brothers Summer Series on ABC, The Hollywood Palace, and Shindig, as well as live events like the Academy Awards broadcast, sporting events such as the 1984 Summer Olympics, which is the program for which Ron won his Emmy Award, as well as many of the great Game shows produced by Chuck Barris and Monty Hall and occasionally such scripted shows as Barney Miller. And those are the days, the second pilot for All in the Family. Ron Bacon is also an accomplished musician and composer and independent filmmaker. You can learn more about Ron and his career at ronbacon.net. Before we went to break, we were talking to Ron about some of the differences and similarities between how an associate director works on a film set for a movie or scripted TV show and how an associate director works on a live TV program. One difference, and you tell me if I got this wrong, but I, I, I understand one difference between how a director works on a live show or a live on tape show uh, versus in film is that whereas the director is on the set on a film or TV show, the director is in the control booth away from the action, much like a director would be on a stage production. Yeah, that always was an interesting thing because, for example, when we did uh, work with Jonathan Winters, well, <laughs> the, uh, the director liked to work on the floor with Jonathan Winters. And that was a nice thing. So somebody had to be in the booth <laughs> to do the camera shots, you know. So suddenly you find yourself calling shots, which normally the director would be doing. Mm -hmm. When I say calling shots, we would actually edit on the air. You yeah, know, as Cam go, go to camera one, go to camera three, go to camera five, yeah. that sort of thing, correct? Yeah, yeah. Ready, ready one, take two, blah, mm -hmm. blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But you also had... Other elements in the show, there might be uh, videotapes are going to roll into the show mm -hmm. or slides are going to interject or, 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 gosh, no, anything, you know, it could be anything. And what made you ready for, to be able to work the control booth in the case of the Jonathan Winter show is prior to that, and I believe you started doing this when you were working on the Welk show, is many times you're in the control booth working with the director um, directing that show. So you had first-hand experience of how to work the control booth. Yeah, and, you know, marking scripts, uh, setting up. You know, a lot of times we would pre-plan all of the shots. Like on the Lawrence Welk show, we knew what numbers we were going to do. And uh, so we would get in rehearsal, we'd, I'd do a, a bar breakdown of what the band was playing. Or if it was a song, we would make a, a script so we knew wh where the singer was singing and where the band was playing and what instruments were playing. And for example, on my script, it might say uh, four bars of trombone. Well, that means that the, the lead at that time was with the trombones. 
and then there might be eight bars of uh, clarinet, or you know, it would it would jump around. That's where the bar counting came in. As you were doing the show, you would hit these various mark, and you know what cameras should be on what object. So it sounds like your background in music helped you land the position on the Welk show as well, correct? Oh, yes. My music background was a key to everything I did, really, because that, uh, having an associate director who knew music was a big deal. I mean, that to work, of course, we did music shows, you know. Mm-hmm. That was a huge asset to any director to have somebody who could do that. Ron worked on many music shows, many variety shows, uh, many live shows throughout his 35-year career in network television, most of which was spent with ABC in various capacities, working on uh, just about every conceivable genre you can think of, including variety shows such as the Frank Sinatra Show, the Shindig Show, which we'll get to in just a second, the Ernie Kovacs specials, want to ask you about that, and as Ron mentioned, the Lawrence Welk Show, where Ron really, really, you know, learned a lot of the things, a lot of the skills that served him well throughout his long career in television. Uh, Ron also worked on many of the great game shows produced by Chuck Barris and Monty Hall. We'll ask him about that and more just a second. You can learn more about Ron Bacon by going to ronbacon.net. The other cool thing, and you've kind of touched on this, is... Because the medium was new and because there are only a handful of people like you who had the skills to work these different kind of shows, you were really creating the form uh, and the responsibilities of an AD or director in television as you were going along, weren't you? Well, that was true. Uh, Of course, I was also uh, serving on the, the National Board of the Directors Guild, so there was input from me when we were, did contracts and uh, various uh, things were figured out, various duties and stuff. But we should go to the fun part about our conversation. This is the Ron Bacon Show. We'll go wherever you want to go. <laughs> the wacky stuff that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, there are more, more crazy things, that, and yet wonderful things. Frank Sinatra, I did a number of the shows with him and mm-hmm. specials and stuff. And I remember this one special, and Peggy Lee was on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a, a number of, of jazz artists and other people on there. And and uh, so, anyway, Peggy Lee is singing her song. And uh, Frank is on next. And I'm looking all over the stage. I was a stage manager at the time, huh? Where the heck is Frank? <laughs> I, go, I go back in his dressing room, and he's he's got a drink in his hand, and he's watching the football. Game. <laughs> and, and Frank, get out of here! You're on, you know. So he's oh my, and he goes rushing out of the dressing room, slides into space. Uh, he looks up at the lights and knows where he's supposed to be. I mean, he just he, he was so intuitive of all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and he said, "Night and day." <laughs> Right with the downbeat, I was just astonished. But he sang the song perfectly. No, no, no clams, no problems. It was just great. <laughs> I understand. Well, maybe that was an extreme example of how Frank approached his uh, his his TV show. But I understand 
that, well, I, I know a little bit about his film career. He was known as One Take Frank when he made movies. Yeah, you know, Frank did not like to rehearse. Mm-hmm. And, and he wanted to just do it and from, from instinct. He wanted to play the moment. So, you know, you didn't get a, a shot at a dress rehearsal with, with him. You know, he just would not rehearse. And this was true of Dean Martin also. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, didn't like to rehearse. Comics don't want to do their jokes once, more than once. And uh, I remember I, I did one show with uh, Danny Kaye. It was, a, it was a Diana Ross special. And Danny Kaye had a, had a, uh, a bit on there. And uh, the producer, well, we did a rehearsal. And there was an audience, and and NHK uh, did his jokes, and they were they got good laughs and everything. And the producer said, "Okay, we're going to do it again." And Danny K went into a rage. <laughs> I don't do it again. <laughs> you got it, you know. He was, like, you don't, you can't do that to me. Yeah, I can't. Uh, what is this audience going to listen to the same joke twice and and laugh both times? You know, you know, it's a surprise that makes a joke work. You got to have really good people skills, you know, yeah, yeah. to work with the various personalities that you've worked with throughout your career. You got to have really good people skills. Well, you know, sometimes you get in the middle of a thing like that. <laughs> you know, what, what do you do? Yeah. And uh, the other times when when uh, certain performers would, I don't know, they would have habits of. Resisting what they were asked to do, <laughs> but that's a, that's human nature. That's yes. the way things are. You know. Yep. It's part of it. Ron Bacon is on the line with us. Ron spent 35 years working in television production on the network level, where he's sharing a few memories on our program this week about some of his experience behind the scenes on live TV shows such as the Frank Sinatra Show and the Lawrence Welk Show. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. We are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady Brady Bros. I want to go back to Sinatra on one thing. Now, uh, okay, yes, when he did his TV show, Frank was not one to go through the rehearsal process, but as you said, when the lights went on and he, he took the stage, he instinctively knew how to perform the song and work with the band and all of that. That was part of the magic of Frank Sinatra. But I understand There's that, a lot more to Frank than people see, though. I mean, it, it would appear from that that Frank never did any work. That's just not true. Yeah, you're anticipating my next question. I understand that in the studio, when he recorded, 
totally different guy. He would take as many, it, it, he would do as many takes as was needed right. to get the song right. And, and, and the thing that he would do was he, he rehearsed, you know, at home. He knew, and, and he knew what, what he was going to be doing. I did many rehearsals with him where he didn't, you, you would think he wasn't singing. He would have the score in his hand, and maybe Nelson Riddle would be the uh, guy leading the orchestra. Mm-hmm. And so Nelson, he would maybe chat about something. He'd tell Nelson where he wanted some kind of an accent, you know, from the drums or something, or there might be anything, you know, some. Well, he had it all thought through in his head how he was going to do it. But then he wanted to hit it like it's new, and that's why he didn't want to rehearse a lot. And that was the beauty of Sinatra, whether he was singing Night and Day, whether he was singing My Way, um, whether he was singing High Hopes. No matter how many times he sang that song, he always seemed, he always gave you the impression that he was singing it, not only he was singing it for the first time, and he was singing it just for you and me. Well, the fact was he was singing it for the first time because he would do it every he would never do it the same way twice. Mm-hmm. He would he was always changing what he was doing. And and that was what was interesting about his his uh, whole approach to music. Now my understanding is and I I haven't been able to check this out, but that he was trained as a young man by an opera singer. Mm-hmm. In the bel canto style of music which gave him understanding of breathing and enunciating every word very clearly. The one thing about Frank, when he'd sing, he could you could understand every single lyric. I mean, really, really well. And uh, to singers today, you, I don't you can't you don't know what they're singing. <laughs> and and that may account. This is a distinction that I believe is attributed to Sinatra. The difference between a singer and a crooner. Meaning the the singer is more of an artist, like an opera singer, a classical opera singer, whereas a crooner is someone who kind of does stuff for the masses. And Frank always considered himself a singer, not a crooner. Right. Dean Martin was a crooner. Frank was a singer. Yeah. Although, although this is not taking any with anything away from Dean because Dean also no. made it, Dean also made it sound like he was singing to you just for the first time. Well, Dean was a wonderful, wonderful artist. I mean, he a wonderful person. I mean, he and he also did not like to rehearse. I mm-hmm. mean, Dan, it was just he was not somebody that you could get to rehearse. But then you could take a guy like Bing Crosby, and he loved to rehearse. Mm-hmm. So again, part part of your job is knowing the different quirks of the different personalities that you're dealing with and tailoring the show or the special to suit them so that you create an environment so that they deliver the best they can do, whether it's yeah, for the one time or not. You just want them to be comfortable with who they are. Absolutely. You know? I mean, I worked with country singers. I worked with everybody. And... and each one of them had their own milieu. There was a, you had you tried to make them comfortable. That was the big deal, and uh, it was always interesting because there was such a difference between singers like Smokey Robinson and, and Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. And their approach to music was 
somewhat different. You mm-hmm. know, you had to take each into account each person and how they would, what what could make them comfortable on stage. And a lot of it sometimes just was the placement of the microphone mm-hmm. or the the area that they had to work in or the lighting. It's all part of it. Ron Bacon is on the line with us. Ron spent 35 years in TV production on the network level, mostly with ABC television in Los Angeles, working on more than 130 different TV shows and TV specials, many of which were broadcast live, including special events like the Academy Awards broadcast and sporting events like the 1984 Summer Olympics. Ron will be back on next week's program for part two of our conversation. He has a very funny story about working with Dean Martin on one of the live TV shows that they did together in the 1950s. We'll also dispel some of the myths about Lawrence Welk and the Lawrence Welk Show. Ron not only worked on the Welk Show for many years during his tenure at ABC, but he became very good friends with Welk and his family. We'll also talk about some of the many game shows that Ron worked on when he was with ABC, including shows produced by Monty Hall. Chuck Barris, and Mark Goodson, and Bill Todman. All that and more when we play part two of our conversation with Ron Bacon next week on TV Confidential. In the meantime, you can learn more about Ron Bacon and his career at ronbacon.net, ronbacon.net. Take a quick time out, then we'll play more of our conversation about director Richard Donner when we come back on TV Confidential. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast. You can enjoy This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.